Welcome to the Butter Chicken Podcast, hosted by DJ Shirai and DJ Juicy. Ooh. We focus on the stories of individuals who are making great impact in society and culture. The Butter Chicken Experience is well-cooked, thought-provoking conversation. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the vibes. You got the culture? Yes, 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 party people, New York City and worldwide. It's your boy, DJ Sharad. And DJ Juicy. Welcome back to the Butter Chicken Podcast. And now we are on Spotify too, my man. That's amazing, man. Now we are popping out here. We are. If you're tuned in on Spotify, Apple, Podcasts, SoundCloud, any platform that you're listening to us on, we welcome you back humbly. We appreciate all the feedback. We appreciate when you like, when you rate, when you comment. And most importantly, you know what we appreciate, Juicy? Tell me. Their time. The time. And the love we get in the streets, too, You could man. be anywhere in the world, but you're here listening to our podcast, so we appreciate you. Again, it's DJ Sherrod and my brother DJ Juicy back. It's been a crazy couple of weeks, Juicy, don't you think? It don't stop, man. I feel like, you know, in, in like last March, it was crazy. March 2018 was just out of here. April was out of here. And in the summer, it was crazy, but it wasn't crazy. No. I feel like like this last few weeks has just been insanely busy. You I feel think so. that too. I do. I, honestly, man, just as I'm getting older, just months are flying by, years are flying by. So it's just, I'm just immune to it now. I'm just accepting of it. We just came out of so much good stuff going on. We came out of this uh, Brown Girl magazine, did a Slashy Summit a few days ago. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of cool people there. Uh, Bira launched International Curry Week. You know anything about that? That was incredible, man. Incredible experience. We actually had a dinner. Um, we hosted it with some of our, our friends, and uh, it was really nice, man. It was The love was, was just crazy, and the food was also incredible. So, going to ask you something. Talk to me. What do you think is your favorite curry? There's no question. Butter chicken, bro. For real? For real. For real, for real? For real. I got a secondary favorite too, though. So it's okay, like so let they take butter chicken out of the mix. If butter chicken was non-existent, if what would be your absolute favorite curry? Dal makhani. Is that even a curry? I, I it is. It's a curry. It has a sauce. You have some similar <laughs> spices in <laughs> it. It has a sauce. That's like saying pasta sauce. <laughs> curry. No, that's not valid. So then, bro. what? Like, okay. Does it have? How cur- about this? Oh. How about this? I personally like. If it doesn't have curry in it, it shouldn't be called curry. That's me. But I like, I have you had Punjabi yellow curry? With pakora in it? With pakora and... Absolutely. Yeah, dude, that, that Your mom also, makes it. My mom makes it. Your mom's a fantastic Stellar. cooks. Yeah. You know, she delivered me a whole uh, package of puja food the other I, day. I saw that, yeah. Puri, alu, whole bunch of nice, sweet, fattening things as well. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? I didn't touch it, to be honest no. with you. I mean, I touched it. Like, I had the bro. taste. I had the taste, but I didn't do the whole meal, and I didn't touch any of the sweet stuff. What about the kids? Loved it. Okay, good. Crazy. Good. Breakfast good. every day for like four days straight. <laughs> I had some for breakfast this morning. I can't, well. bro. Why? I can't. Because I got to watch what I eat. Okay. I got to be that. easy, especially with these late nights, having dinner late night. Like, I got to watch what I eat during the day, so I got to be mindful of that. I respect it. It takes longer for uh, people that are a little older to lose lose their, you know, the calories they put in their body. I agree. I can attest to that. Um, But that's older people. Um, Younger people are different. They could eat whatever they want, whenever they want, with no repercussions. The thing about younger people, Juice, is I feel I truly embrace young people. Young people that are doing cool shit is something 
that I would say in the last seven or eight years, I've really started taking notice to the youth um, and then the youth within our own community from a global level. There's so many kids out here. And when I say kids, not in a disrespectful way, but like when I say kids, I mean people younger and sort of the youth, uh, whether millennials or the generation under are just doing really, really cool things in culture and society. And at Butter Chicken, you know, yeah, we speak to the G's. Yeah, we speak to the legends. Yeah, we speak to the innovators. But we also take a lot of pride in speaking to the youth. Perspective is very interesting, man, especially from the youth. So absolutely, I couldn't agree with more. And I think whether you you notice or you're mindful of this or not, mm -hmm. you've been supporting the youth for many, many years. It's just I feel you've been mi more mindful of it as of late because all the young guys that work with us and have been working with us for over the years, you've given them an opportunity. Um, and uh, maybe it just you ha it hasn't come across your mind. No, most definitely. Most yeah. definitely. I've always believed in empowering the youth. Um, looking at the youth as the future, uh, you know, if I've kicked down a door and I just close the door behind me, it kind of doesn't work for the growth of our community and the growth in the music space, the growth in the tech space, the growth in the entertainment space. Like, if us as guys who have a little more knowledge, a little more experience, a little more money, a little more power, say, all right, we're going to hold this and we're not going to embrace what the youth is coming out with, mm -hmm. then we're actually doing an, a disservice to society at, at large. So why not look at people who are doing dope shit that are young mm -hmm. and give them a pedestal, give them give them a little push, give them a catalyst to be like, all right, you're here, but let's try to help take you somewhere else. It's twofold, man. It's it's empowering the youth, um, giving them a shot, telling their story, whatever, however you want to put it. But then it's also, by default, cultural awareness, right? So... I think that uh, it's definitely a, a good move and something that we got to continue to do, man. You know what's crazy? So years ago, um, when we would look at the sort of South Asian market when it comes to the arts and entertainment, mm -hmm. a big place we looked for talent coming out of New York was the UK. Yes. Right? Like the UK was like the breeding ground of all cool south asian happenings when it came to talent and yes there was talent around the world but the uk seemed to like have it unlocked and their media outlets were a little bigger journalism was a little bigger so artists had platforms and could really pop off and also i think because um like south asians migrated there before the u.s so the first like the, the generations were just kind of I definitely think that is right it was there that and also it was a smaller a smaller piece of land like yes. a s smaller geographically like way smaller so south asians were concentrated heavy there totally totally but yeah no the uk was definitely the uh the first place that we'd kind of look to see what, what was out there and yeah popping. And it's funny because uh, you know when i talk to my uk people now they're like nah this is it's it's not just here we're going away we're going to different parts of the world to find talent whether it be producers or artists or graphic designers or w whatever people are looking for from the UK, they're outsourcing now to mm -hmm. the rest of the world. One place, Juicy, mm -hmm. that I am actually floored by the amount of talent coming out of is our friends up north. Yeah. Canada. Canada, man. They're, <laughs> they're holding it down. They're Yo, progressing. The, the like Canadians crazy. are out here, B. Seriously, man. Like, there's so much fucking talent coming out of Canada. To my Canada... Listeners, we get a small percentage of Canada listeners, mm. but those listeners are loyal. We Absolutely. get the same listeners at the same time every week. And our Canada listeners, I got to tell you, you guys are in a place that is incredible for South Asians to be coming out of. 
Would you agree or not? I totally just? agree, man. And, and just going back to your point, I mean, the, the land is more vast geographically, right? Absolutely. But uh, where people migrate, just they, they just stick together. And uh, they Im- like they want to push the culture forward rather than kind of embracing this Western culture of Canada. I mean, simultaneously, they'll, they'll do that as well, but yeah, they don't lose most, sight. Most they don't lose sight of, of the roots. Yeah, so. and I'm seeing it in the food space. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing it in, in the actual art space. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a boatload of it in fashion. Yes. Fashion, like South Asian inspired fashion coming out of Canada, but really with its own Canadian or Western twist is popping out there. And then obviously, you're DJ Juicy. <laughs> I'm DJ Sherrod. We are the Butter Chicken Boys. The one thing we always look for is musicians and artists. Music, baby. Yeah. We look for the cats that are doing their thing. And sometimes we look, we don't even look for cats. We're not looking for just the cats out there. We're not just looking for the cats. We're looking for the horses, my G. <laughs> oh, word. I like that. Good transition. Good transition. We are looking for the horses. And today in studio, my friend, who is here with us? We have horsepower with us, ladies and gentlemen. To all our listeners, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Buck, buck, buck. <laughs> Nay! <laughs> the horse is, in fact, here. Wow. I like the way you do it. Can you do that again? Fuck, I don't even know if uh, I can't we, wait. We skip, nay, nay, there you nay. go. All right. It's like a weird pitter patter within the vocal cords. I try to do that with my kids. Like I'm teaching them like animal noises. Uh-huh. So I'll be like, "What does a cat do?" And my daughter will be like, "Meow." <laughs> and I'll be like, "What's that?" And she'll be like, "Woof, woof," or whatever. Okay. When I teach, when I try, I'm t- trying to teach Naya, who's 20 months old, noise of a horse, she just looks at me with blank stares. So maybe if you come over. And like spend a few <laughs> hours with her and just do the horse. I want to hear your horse. I can't. I ain't doing. I want to hear what you're doing. Nah, we're interviewing you, my <laughs> G. I don't do the horse noises, but I respect it. I love it. We're respectful of you and what you're doing and what you're bringing to the table. And I think Juice. It's fair to say that uh, Jocelyn mm-hmm. is bringing a different perspective to the game, and I, I kind of, I'm digging it. I'm digging it too, man. It's just musically refreshing. Um, her whole swag, demeanor, uh, is just something that is, is you don't get to see, um, especially from our, from our kind of culture. So it's definitely something that people got to pay attention to, and it's, it's definitely refreshing, just as I said. So, Thank you. I think to get right into it, um, what do you prefer we call you? Jasleen? Jazz? Horse? Never jazz. Okay, never jazz. I like that. Never that. Confident no, I that. have bad traumatic <laughs> past situations of like white people calling me jazz and okay. jazz. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just revisited that place. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Jocelyn is how my mom said it, but I later came to find out that a lot of Punjabi people like to say Jocelyn. Jocelyn is but the, the way I But the thing is, I just grew up listening to my parents say Jocelyn. Maybe it's that Western Punjabi side where we've just been in Canada longer. Because yeah. before they came to the States, I feel, they took the Kamagata Maru and came to Vancouver. Right. They stopped out in the Bay Area, Yuba City. Yep. And then they went heavy to over the there with the Punjabis too, right? Yeah. yeah. And then there's West like the Coast. Mexican Punjabi um, demographic. Have you heard of Have you heard of that history story? No, but I've been studying this kid Deep Dollars lately. Oh yes, I've heard of him. I heard he's from the Bay Area. Right? He's from Bay Area. Music. I actually haven't listened to any. I've just heard of him, but I should listen to it. I heard it's hard. Hard. <laughs> Pause. Hard. Pause. Good. <laughs> Sorry. Hard. I to. It's good. It's good stuff. It's, and he's another uh, young boy that we've been following, and hopefully we could get him on our podcast. But today we got you. It's all about you. Thank you. Uh, so 
right just to get into it like tell us about you culturally where you come from where you're born and raised and and just a little bit about your background before mm -hmm. you got into music yeah so i'm from vancouver so the west side of canada it's very different from the east side and i even think like the desi people of those sides of canada are very different and, you know i think yeah it's just like I grew up with uh, my mom and dad, and I had three siblings, but our house was always full with other family members coming from India, staying with us for like six months at a time, living in a tiny-ass house. Never seen that before. Right? So it's just like <laughs> I was constantly around people, and my siblings are so much older than me. Well, they're not so much older than me. They'll get mad at me if you be like, wait, you make us seem so old. <laughs> but they're like, I'm 13 years apart, 11 years apart, and 7 years apart, which is quite a gap. You're the youngest? I'm the baby. I'll always be the baby. So it's so, it's so funny. Um, but my parents, they kind of just had, you know, a little weird group of kids. I feel like we're all quite artistic. Um, my mom's brother was in like three different heavy metal bands wow. growing up. So when we were growing up, I listened to like Black Sabbath, Alice Cooper, um, like later getting really into System of a Down. Two of these are all like heavy metal bands that... I don't think a lot of Punjabi girls were <laughs> listening to. Mm. And I think that's kind of the beginning of where horsepower becomes just this very unique individual. Meanwhile, I'm obsessed with Hindi music and all this stuff from my mom. And then I'm getting that mixed in with like my theater and dance background that I have. So I'm like, oh, I'm expressing myself, which I think because I was so young, I was able to do without fear. And I think my older siblings, I don't know, they did sports, but they never really like like participated in a lot of other like creative expression and mm. I don't know what happened with my life I think maybe my siblings kind of guided me making it like cool to express yourself so I went from a young age was just starting to create and I was like influenced by like very interesting films I, it's honestly all my siblings and then I like soaked them all up like a sponge like yeah. I feel like the youngest kid always does that or something I just get like all their influences and now I'm like the weirdest kid in the world, but I love it. And I'm so authentic to that. Like it's cool for me to be myself and it sometimes is really corny, <laughs> but I embrace that corniness and I call that my dingus. I am a dingus. It's okay, but I can call myself a dingus. Y'all can't. I think <laughs> the word weird is very subjective, right? Like yeah. in the space that we're in now and in the times that we're in now, like Yo, weird people are the coolest fucking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wish I was more expression, weird. right? Like you said, yeah. like that's everything nowadays and, and um, you know, people like yourself are embracing it and I commend you for that. Mm -hmm. And then there's the youth that listen who don't because they want to stick to this path that is kind of set out for them or they've been influenced by their parents or, or siblings and things like that. So yeah. uh, to all our young listeners, embrace your weirdness and yeah. own it and just run with it and, and see what happens. It Don't takes, be afraid. It takes a lot of work, though, of like really learning self-love and confidence. And that's not easy. So like, yes, to embrace your weirdness is such a goal for everybody. And like people are working on it. And sometimes it's just more difficult because of that journey of self-love. And I think once you really find that, you don't really care what you're not looking for outside validation, but like whether or not it's within you. And I think that's just like the answer to the goal. <laughs> did you, did you always kind of stand out as this sort of different person? Like, were you always the kid that like was just a little different or did that <laughs> come over time? No, for real. Like, 
Well, I was like five years old dancing to like Hindi music on the coffee table, which wasn't weird, but I was very dramatic and <laughs> I was very, look at me, but I was still very shy, which was weird. I could only do that in front of the immediate family. Mm. And then I joined dance classes when I was about 10 or 9. Like Bollywood dance classes? No, I eventually did the Shamak Bollywood dance classes, but first I joined like a hip hop class in like a local studio. And I remember that going on stage the first time was such a mind changing thing because I was exposed to so many people watching me under these bright lights and I was so shy. I couldn't even really even talk to my musty because like Simi's mom, mm. I was so scared of external people. So once I kind of broke that wall, the like inner freak just like unleashed <laughs> and I couldn't control it. And yeah, I've always been weird, but it hasn't always been like, like there's moments where I'm like just chill. I'm not extra human. I'm not extra volume or anything, but I think it's my perspective. And I think it's like just the shit that I've gone through. Like my brother, one of them passed away when I was in the ninth grade and that turned me into a really morbid dark humored person like where i would say fucked up shit just because I, I knew like it didn't matter this life is short i could say whatever the fuck i want i used to say 666 all the time in high school like it wasn't that big of a deal but the way i pushed it it was just very dark and people were kind of like do you know what you're really saying and i was just like fuck god fuck everything i say the complete opposite now because i've seen the beauty of life this is just like a constant learning process but hold on i gotta pause you right there yeah sorry i'm talking lots no nah, <laughs> that's it's your show but you're 26 years old yeah you've been in the game for some time now and at one point in your life you were like anti-god and now you're saying you completely embrace it and you've come full circle yeah tell us how that happened and and why that changed i think so That's you, so you have a very mature perspective for your young I agree. age. Yeah, I don't think this is my first lifetime. That's for sure. I think this might be my last. And I think, honestly, the reason why this life has been so good, although there has been sad moments, is because maybe this prior work I've done in past lives that I deserve such a privileged, artistic, creative, love, loving life. But the point of me reaching back to God, and God for me isn't like something that I go to the Gordora and like, you know, do part. That could be a medium to access that portal. But I really do feel like this self-love journey I'm going on has really shown me that I am, it sounds so corny and like so Kanye, but <laughs> <laughs> I am a God. <laughs> like I Yo, truly feel like, that, B. Oh, and yeah. I feel like this whole hierarchy that we've created, that there is this higher being, I think that we embody that we are this universe and that might be because i've been exploring a lot of things in the world that has got me to feel like all this hippie hippie stuff <laughs> but i really feel like the anger i had as a child when my brother passed away and the confusion that it brought to my family and it that's like the parents worst nightmare it's the parents worst moment in their life to lose a child and you experience that on all levels and then i started using that pain for art and that's when I started writing poetry. And well, I was writing before, but I started taking it seriously. And I would write so much because I had so much feeling that I had to get out. And the counselor would be like, Jocelyn, I think you should use the poetry. Started getting into theater. And then as I started using my darkness, it became light. Like mm -hmm. it became heavenly. It became an expression of just like releasing these burdens that were in me. And they no longer existed in me. They existed elsewhere. And from that existence, I created something marvelous or beautiful or just a piece of me that isn't attached to me it's like out there and that's the art 
So I think from seeing that result, I started realizing that like maybe my brother is an angel and like he's lining up shit and like I don't know I felt his presence and I feel moments the world is just not what we see it to be is all I gotta say and whoa (laughs) it's so simple I just feel like God is not necessarily this higher being spirit but I think it's something that is creating this beauty of life and like yeah there are darkness but like you need that duality to even appreciate the good. A hundred percent. Otherwise, you're living, you're coasting. Yeah. I, I learned that a little later in life, but that uh, it's important to go through the down times. So when you get up and you're up there, you appreciate it more mm-hmm. and you're thankful for what you have. Mm-hmm. It seems now, uh, just from you know s- seeing you shine, seeing these cool things that are happening in your career, uh, that you're on your way to greatness. Thank you. And um, we like to recognize that in people. Uh, and when we see it in someone young, it's really inspiring because I know something about you that shocked me when you told me. And I had met you maybe a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And you were living in Canada. Mm-hmm. And you said, yo, I'm going to move to New York soon. That was when I met you. And you, I was like, all right, cool, whatever. A few months later, after I talked to you, you were like, yo, I'm moving to New York in three days. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That you just packed up your comfortable or life that you were living there to just come here. Mm-hmm. That's that's a bold move. You I'm a bold woman. You have a record called Bold Woman, too. Plug. Yes. <laughs> okay. No, but that's that's why. Because I'm, I'm a bold woman. Like, I surprise myself how bold <laughs> I am. <laughs> like, damn. So cool. I love the way Canadians say damn. <laughs> say it again. Say I don't know. Damn, damn. damn. Can you damn. do the damn? Damn. Damn. That's a damn. British damn. Damn. No? Damn you. Damn. That's, That's British. British. That's, That's British. British. Damn you is British. No, but the Canadians got this like damn. swag about damn. speaking. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Did Drake make y'all cool or have you always been cool? Um, I think I've been cool like since past lives, which is why I'm so cool today. Did Drake make your whole country cool, like, like yeah, visible? Yeah, he, he kind of did. Cause I like Cardinal Official. Mm-hmm. I like like I thought he was cool as hell. And he was, he is cool. And I think that time when he was popping, it was the wave. But Drake did something that no one's ever done for Canada, like whoo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, over the mountain. Seriously. And then the weekend, and then Justin Bieber, that was intense. Totally. I also like the Punjabi uncle from the Raptors. Oh, yeah. Who's that? Like, every game? Nav, yeah. Navatia? Is that his name? I don't know his name, yeah. but he's popping out he's here, too. He's definitely popping. He gets mad love and respect, too. Yeah, but you, my friend, you're the next generation of Canadian art, uh, art, the art generation of Canada, and uh, you got these records out. Mm-hmm. So you get, tell us about the four records that are out right now, because there's four that just dropped from, like, yeah. May to August. Yes. Bold Woman is one. Bold Woman is one. Okay. Power, a.k.a. Boad, was my first one that I released. And then I went. That was a May release, right? That was a May release. And then Bold Woman was a June release, I think. And then July was Camera Phone. And then it was unbelievable. But I've been working on this music and hoarding it for a while, which is a problem, I think, with a lot of artists. Or I don't know. You just go in your head so much. And then I was like, no, I got to release it. Like, why am I holding on? Why am I sitting on this? Why am I waiting for the perfect thing? And then I was just like, fuck it. I'm just releasing it and I don't give a fuck. Kind of gave me anxiety. And I just dropped it. And because before that, I took like a two year break of not releasing anything. And I only had like three EPs prior to that out. 
which was just like SoundCloud SoundCloud based. Mm-hmm. So that was all all funded independently. Did you have like that people was all financing you? Oh, no one's financing me. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fucking me. <laughs> so so for those of you listening, she's got a bunch of records out right now. Horsepower is moving and shaking. She got four records out. On like the available platforms, but on I got a lot of more records right. on my SoundCloud. They're right. still so there. So, so, and so free. look her up on SoundCloud. Horsepower on SoundCloud. That's power with a P O W A R, not E R. Yeah, Boad. Horse spelt the right way. Yeah. Um, but the four records that are out right now came out back to back. Yeah. I, I noticed that they didn't come out on a label. No, <laughs> I actually have my own. Uh, I will have a Horsepower Records Incorporated, but that's just because for fun, but not really for fun, but for business. Yeah, business is fun. It's business is fun, but yeah, they're I, they're independent. I've been doing this independently. Like I was in second universe, second year university. That's when I started recording music, and I just would have homies help me, and I'd find beats or they would make them, and I would just put them out on SoundCloud. Can we, can we dive into the deep music talk for a minute? Yeah. Uh, and I want to talk touch a little bit on the business because there's so many kids that come up to me. I'm a, I'm a veteran DJ. Juicy's a veteran DJ in the game. Uh, we've helped so many artists kind of springboard their careers where they're already moving, but we kind of give them a little light or give them platforms or give them parties or whatever it may be. And I get people that come up to me every day and say, yo, like I'm doing this music thing. And I'm like, all right, so... First thing I always ask is, where's the music? And they're like, nah, but I'm working on it and it's not ready yet. And like, yeah, it's not head. mastered, it's not mixed. Or y'all got this song idea. Oh, no, not an idea. That mm-hmm. shit don't work. The no. ideas don't work. You gotta make the content. And and what I like is, is that you just put the shit out. And yeah. it was like, I saw your gram. I saw camera phone out. And then like a week or a couple of weeks later, I see the next record. Yeah. I think it was unbelievable yeah. after that. So it's like. Yeah. You're not holding back at this point. No, there's no reason. I'm not playing that game, this weird social eco, like, <laughs> I got to climb things. No, I'm just going <laughs> to release music and not look. Because the thing is, no one's going to help you until you fucking get good ass shit. And I have to go through the process of being an artist. We now, with the day and age of internet we have the privilege to just put it out oh, yeah. but back in the day people would work so long on records and you would never hear until like the finalized thing but you got to play with today's day and i have to be you know showing my progress people like that weird too close in your life feeling we're all obsessed with other people's lives i know too much about other people's lives <laughs> that i don't even know how i know yeah. but it's because i'm scrolling right but anyway, <laughs> but I just whoa, we went left. But I just mean, you know, there's no reason for me not to be releasing this. I have other stuff that I haven't released yet, but I've been working on new stuff. And I now I'm being a little bit more calculated and I have the curry shop, which we'll get to, I'm sure. But it's the show with First Week pause, Feast. Pause, pause. We're working <laughs> up there. Yeah. You're fucking up our interview. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But I'm just saying. So that's kind of been like put on the forefront and the music's been like okay let's let it ferment i have stuff in the works but four of these tracks i'm super proud of you can have this now and be patient idea i really like i kind of like that because i'll tell you why i like that as a dj um we're hungry for music Mm -hmm. Uh, the the streets the people the people that are listening are hungry and i have artist friends that'll put out a record and then like they'll put out a single They'll work the shit out of the single, and then for like a year or two, I won't hear shit. And people 
get bored waiting mm-hmm. and they it almost feels like those artists that are not putting out content quick enough are not speaking to their fans from a musical perspective and it hurts the development of their fan base because mm-hmm. when a fan dials into you that fan really fucks with you and the more you give them the more you they give you back so if you just stop putting shit out because you're holding it for whatever reason those fans nowadays and fans are harder yeah. to obtain now they just bounce yeah. they forget they about you they go somewhere else yeah right yeah. they forget about you yeah i know so the fact that you're putting out this content whether you deem it strategy or you're just like fuck it i put <laughs> it out then that fuck it i put it out strategy is definitely working otherwise i wouldn't fuck with you he wouldn't mm-hmm. fuck with you and you just got to this city yeah and now that we fuck with you we want our entire city to fuck with you it's it's a it, it takes time and it's 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 organically happening so i really love it yeah, well, you just got to keep working. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that? Uh, so you mentioned the second university, you decided just to record music. What was the aha moment where it's like, I got to take this off of the paper and just put it on a, <laughs> go in the booth and kick it? Like, I, I think it was just, I've always been writing poetry and performing it, spoken word. Mm-hmm. And then I would just get wasted. Second year university, I'm living with three white girls. We're having a party every fucking day. So I'd freestyle bullshit like poo poo pee pee ducky talk okay. like <laughs> some stupid joke rap i would be doing that all the time and then they were like you're so good so one day a homie just sent me a beat and i was like you know what? i'm gonna make a dirty ass song and that song was called dank puss <laughs> <laughs> oh shit <laughs> did you play it for your mom uh see this is when the before i shifted my career because i was like i can't show anybody this like i have my nieces and nephews who are like obsessed with the ipod now i can't have them like googling their masi and pua and be like (laughs) what's this (laughs) you know (laughs) like that's i mean you can i can but i'm not gonna do that to my sister and my brother to be like yo let me ruin your kids right now (laughs) you know and my my mom it's just like the stuff i was rapping about before was so obnoxious that you would know it's not real it's like having threesomes with like alligators and camels and like <laughs> pubic cool. wigs and and like I gotta hear this shit. <laughs> it's like some fucking dark ass horny shit <laughs> i had one song called pabst smear like pbr beer instead of pap smear i had one called perks and merkins merkin is a pubic wig Oh, shit. Yes, they exist. <laughs> I don't know who's wearing them, but back in the day, prostitutes would wear them because pubic hair was normal. So in, to avoid pubic lice, they'd shave and then they'd put a wig on. So I had a song about that. Yeah. So it's like, that's where I started <laughs> as a joke rap. Right. And then I was All like, jokes, but there's truth to some jokes. Oh, 100%. And I love humor, so I don't really give a fuck. And I grew up like listening to Tom Green and like Andy Milanakis and some corny ass Canadian shows. Better. So your your music taste is very diverse for yeah. a rapper per se. Yeah. Like very. a lot of rap cats in this or rap horses or whatever you want to say in like this age, they don't like when I talk to young people about who their influences are, it's usually like hip hop influences. Yeah. Your I influences <laughs> are it's I'm assuming wide. widespread between yeah. Bollywood and then acts like Black Sabbath. Yeah. But then I also have my hip hop influences and but like I come from a place where like, okay, I'm a 90s child, but I grew up with older siblings from the 80s. So I was introduced to like Bone Thugs and Harmony at a really young age. And I was introduced to like just, you know, growing up, I have I'm trying to think like the far side. And I remember my I remember my my my, my brother bought turntables when I was in the eighth grade because he wanted to learn how to DJ. And then he just was like 
you you have them. And I remember we just started playing with the vinyl. So through that, I got to listen to like a lot more hip hop because that's probably when the start of like my real hip hop appreciation appreciation came through. What year is that? Two thousand and three, four? No, okay. two thousand and four. 2004 or five actually. When I was in the eighth grade. I got like to DJ this food festival that was a little local Richmond wide <laughs> thing. It was really bad, and I played break beats and there was break dancers and I was just in the eighth Sick. grade. But then my brother actually, uh, my other brother passed away like a month after that. So then I kind of just put it on the side. Well, I was just fucked up. Yeah. So I, I just stuck to writing. But there were moments where like my older brother was really like, okay. I thought maybe I was going to be DJ Power. That's what I thought I was going to be. I used to write that all over my binder. <laughs> but now then I was like MCJ Power. <laughs> but I always kind of thought I was going to be a rapper because of poetry. Were you, um, were your parents like uh, supportive of like what you were doing with poetry and things like that? Or was it, they were, were they were there with you the entire time or? My parents are dissy parents and they have their ways that they think, you know, sure. what is right and what is wrong. And I think with having older siblings who, you know, touched their like creative side here and there, it was able for my parents to kind of understand where I was coming from when I would be like singing and dancing. But I don't think they ever took it seriously. And for me, as long as I'm really getting my grades right, then it's fine. And so I um, I would go to the, do the poetry at a cafe and I would go by myself to like east van and that wasn't really safe so my mom would not really be down with that but they knew like oh jocelyn's writing poetry and it wasn't a big deal then i like studied theater in university and i just told them i was gonna be a english and drama teacher so let me move away from the house because i ain't trying to live here anymore (laughs) and she was like okay then as soon as i finished my degree i was like psych i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna be a rapper and then they were like oh we don't think that's normal but they saw results and they are opening their mind as soon as I kind of like show them properly. Like they were in India two years ago and I was in the Vogue India magazine, a little article on me and I made them pick it up at the airport. And I think that was a moment where they were probably like, Oh shit. Like she's not just like, they, you know, just dancing in her room. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just like thinking I'm like singing in the mic, uh, hairbrush as a microphone. I'm not doing that mom. I'm doing some real stuff, but they're supportive. They put me through theater school, so they knew that their daughter is not going to be an engineer. Right. Okay. Good. So that's I can relate to that too a little bit actually. I have two older siblings, and uh, my older brother specifically was not your uh, conventional son to you know w- obliging to what his parents uh, their his parents wanted, and w- in terms of career, in terms of your friend circle, and things like that. Yeah, he so was a fuck up. Yeah, he was a fuck up. I guess for uh, his older brother. <laughs> yeah. He's my friend, so I can say that. But um, that I allowed me to um, or my parents to kind of see what he did and like through his trials and tribulations then when they got to my turn to to become an adult they were like all right we've seen this before and you know we know how to deal with it so do this but don't do this and and it was just it, it kind of influenced the you know my career now actually because our dj is not a conventional career right mm-hmm. for for south asian so if you had a kid and your kid said they want to be a dj would you be cool with it yeah, as long as they get their grades at first, right? If you're going to go to school, like, it's just if you're going to do something, do it right. Don't half-ass anything. And be honest. Bars. You know, I don't know. I'm going to be supportive of, like, with whatever my kids want to do. As long as they just give it their all and care about it. 
Because if you don't care about anything and you're walking on this planet, then you don't deserve to live. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but seriously, I feel like people who are bystanders and just <laughs> for so nonchalant about anything and don't really have an opinion. It's like, dude, there are people who are less privileged than us that don't get free education. And you're going to, like, waste this free education? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Right. There's people who have yeah. less. And it's just like, we have so much. What I've noticed is is uh, it hits for different people at different times. And I spoke about this at a conference the other day where, like, you're you're in your mid-20s now. Mm-hmm. And you've, although you don't have it all figured out, you're kind of on a path of, of forward movement and progression. Mm-hmm. And for some, especially those not in the art space that just haven't found what they love to do. Yeah. Sometimes it just hits for them later. Like, I have friends that are sitting at 35, like, yo, I wasted my entire first 35 years and now I'm going to do career switch because mm-hmm. I just didn't know what I was going to do or I didn't find my passion per se. So I think the fact that you you found something that you're passionate about has kind of put you on this path. I'm super happy that I like started to really figure that out and did that early. But I think it's never too late. What do they say? Like Maya Angelou wrote her fir- first book when she was 52. Age ain't nothing but a number. And in Facts. comparison to the stars, we are all relatively quite young. <laughs> bars. <laughs> oh wow! It's the first time that's happened. What bars by the guests themselves? <laughs> She's a rapper. Bro. I know that's too. She bars. knows what it is. If someone says some like really good, uh, like fire shit. Yeah, just even if it's like some like hippie shit, um, or like some like positive affirmation for my life, I'm always like bars yeah. to like people who don't even get it. That's like what happens to us all the time. Yeah. We've had writers here, um, like news people and like random friends of ours that are not not hip to that word and when we've said bars they're kind of like <laughs> they look at us funny like what is that and then we have to explain it and then at the end they're like yo and they're like bars, bars. <laughs> yeah, and then they use it so it is what it is you're dropping <laughs> bars here all day for those of you guys just tuning in this is the butter chicken podcast it's your boy dj Sharad and dj juicy and we have horsepower here <laughs> she's rocking with us we talked a little bit about music we talked a little bit about her upbringing I want to switch gears a little bit okay? because this is an interesting time for what's happening here in New York. Uh, You recently moved here. Yes, I moved here. (laughs) Yo, welcome. It's overwhelming, (laughs) but it's great. It's Uh, a fire. I'm going to say this on record. We take a lot of pride in our city. That is a fact. Do we not? That is super fact. We love our city and we embrace everyone in our city. When newcomers come into our town, there's two ways we can treat them. Okay. <laughs> we can we can be really hard on you mm-hmm. and treat you like an asshole. Or we can embrace you and allow you to flourish in our city uh, and watch you flourish and help you flourish. And as of late, there's been so many people coming to New York with so much talent. And I, I said it to you at the dinner, and I don't know if you remember, but I said you got two older brothers now in this city as well. No, I appreciate that. And that's a fact, and we want to see you grow and do well. Um, Tell us what you're doing here and why you moved from comfy-ass Canada, where the music, (laughs) I believe like 40% of the music on Canada radio has to be by Canada artists. Did you know that? Well, at least at the station I work at, uh, CanCon, yeah, 30%. You worked at a station? Well, it's just a community-based station, but I have, this is the, the show, it's called Crimes and Treasons of my shirt wow me and five other homies um it's existed for like 12 years but 
different hosts come on and it's been five of us and wait so you're still doing that well i'm technically not on air it's every tuesday night on 101.9 fm (laughs) (laughs) in where in what city in vancouver or you can go to citr.ca to tune in live (laughs) tuesday night (laughs) Uh, but they're just a bunch of friends that we hang out play rap music and it's uncensored so you can't really get that often in radio especially in vancouver so we provide that. But it's long existed before me, and it just will seamlessly still exist. But I'm still homies with them all, and they still put my name on shit. So I appreciate it. Did they ever do the best of horsepower yet? No, they haven't done the best of horsepower yet. <laughs> Maybe I'll do, do a mixtape, the best <laughs> of horsepower. Should we do that? Oh, okay, I'm down. I'm down we'll to do, do anything with more music. Yeah, yeah, we'll do, <laughs> a, we'll do a mixtape. Let's do it. All right, but um so why are you here oh yeah well <laughs> i am hosting a show for first we feast called the curry shop wait there's a lot of ignorant people here yeah okay i'll, I'll so backtrack. let's back it up a little bit okay so first we feast is a food channel off of complex complex magazine which is now the online platform mm-hmm. about pop culture and hip-hop and they have a food channel first we feast which also has another show called hot ones i'm sure you've seen it where celebrities eat hot chicken wings and they get spicier and spicier that's hot ones it's hot ones yep. but they created a new show about curry and that's where i come in and i get to eat curry with uh, a bunch of cool celebrity artists com- comics rappers and we talk culture and talk food and we eat different kinds of curry so we've had japanese curry we've had jamaican curry we've had filipino curry and Indian curry, and then we're gonna have another episode of Indian curry, so you'll get a double dose of that. Oh, nice. So I, I heard through the grapevine that season one is six episodes. Yeah. So you decide to leave Canada and come here. <laughs> you get a guarantee of six episodes on a complex show. Yeah. But no other guarantees. Being no here. other guarantee. Well See, that's ballsy. Yeah, not too That's many. respectable. Yeah, not too many people have the guts to do that, man. I don't see what's left for me in Vancouver. I love the city. It'll always be home. My family is there. But at this point, for me to grow as an artist, I had to make a move. And my soul somehow landed with a visa, an artist visa that's hard to how'd get, you, get an expensive complex. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a visa longer than I actually expected. But I think I think it's a blessing in disguise. I think, well, of course, it's a blessing not even in disguise. It's a blessing, blessing. straightforward. Being like, hey, come be an artist, and it's approved. So I got that, and there was literally no reason for me to go back home. But it was kind of hard to explain that to my dad because I don't think he really wanted that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm not coming back after the show. <laughs> can, can, can I understand and let the listener understand because um, we give you a lot of props for doing that, but how did this whole situation come about for you? I want to know the story. We want to know. Complex didn't just call you. No, Complex like they didn't did just not. Find you on Instagram no, they, and be they like, Yo, didn't know me. You horsepower host our show. There, there that would have been a great story, but no, that's, <laughs> not, there's, there's, that's not how it works. There's a process, there's and I, a want, pr- I want people to understand that process. Cause some people think it's so easy out here, and it's not. It's not easy. I had to audition for it, but I was actually introduced through our great friends at Bira. <laughs> So how did that come about? So Back it up a little bit. So what beer, is Bira? Bira 91 is India's first craft beer. And uh, they're doing a lot of cool things that are modern and playful with the brand. And I think they're doing like a North American launch now, especially on the, we- the East Coast mm-hmm. of the States. And uh, they've kind of 
you know, integrated themselves in a really cool position with hip hop culture and pop culture by linking up with Complex and they are the ones who are helping fund the show. And then now Complex is creating a really sweet show that, you know, like you don't see Curry on a platform like that. And a woman hosting, a Punjabi woman hosting that is like so mind blasting, yeah. It's <laughs> mind blasted. <laughs> mind blasted. <laughs> so, so Beer and One just kind of made the intro, but I had to go through the process of being auditioned, which me coming from a theater background, you know, I do this shit every day. <laughs> but uh, that's great. That's amazing. So I came here. And I did the audition. But so now, but how did you connect with Bira? That's another question. Bira found me. Okay. And Bira was like, "Hey, we like you. You're funny." Shout out to Deepak. Yeah, shout out to Deepak. Is that's Deepak that, that's the one that sourced you? That's the face. Yeah, that's okay. the face. That's who the I entire see. marketing department in the yeah. US. Is Deepak, shout out to Deepak. Yeah, no, he's Doing been a, a great, cool a great brother. He's like really so sweet. He came and helped me carry my tetchies up the stairs of my apartment the day I landed. That's respect. Because I was like, I can't carry this. I'm moving here <laughs> with two big-ass tetchies and a carry-on. I'm weak as fuck. <laughs> I need to work on my upper body strength. <laughs> but yeah, so Deepak linked that and then I ended up making the cut and then it's been a process. How many people auditioned? I, they won't tell me. Wow. Okay. They so, so I tried to like weasel my way. I'm a weasel, you know. I'm like, yeah. what's the, you know? But uh, <laughs> yeah. then people know, like, oh, we're not gonna tell you. You got it. Why you gotta worry? I'm like, okay, fine. You want to know who you beat out? But also at the same time, do I gain anything from that? Slight ego boost, yeah. you know. <laughs> but no, yeah. So now I'm here in New York with uh, uncertainty, but the only certain aspect is just these six episodes. But I think. So like three have launched already. Three have launched today. The I've, third. I've yeah. watched two. The the third episode is so good. That's my That's favorite the Sean Paul one. one. I saw the That's teaser. Sean so Paul so and Ching Ching. Tell, tell us about the first two. First two. The first one we had Joe Coy, Filipino comedian, has a Netflix special. Very funny. He's funny. He talks about his mom's like him and his mom's relationship, which she's like apparently a classic Filipino mother. Um, so I really enjoyed that one. That was super playful and. Then Asif Manvi is a comedian on The Daily Show, yep. an actor. He was a second uh, he, He's guest. a different kind of funny. He's more like sarcastic and uh, like I think more mature. <laughs> so who paid that bill? Because I saw the episode. He walked out on you. Or you walked I walked out, out and I left. I said, you figure it out. <laughs> You're getting sure paid. I'm not getting paid. <laughs> I'm sure Complex got that figured out for you. Yeah, guys, yeah, right? yeah. No, the, they, they make sure we, we good. I'm that not. Was that at Janoon? I was at Janoon. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Then you get to get to go oh, to dude, all these spots. It's so on the sick. House. I'm literally <laughs> getting paid to eat and talk <laughs> shit. That's, That's like cool. That, right? There's nothing better than that. Like I can't complain. I cannot be upset when I wake up in the morning. Right. That's like if these are my biggest worries, which it's not, but when I when I have to check myself and I have like some stupid shit going on, I'm like, if this is my biggest worry, life is fucking great. So I need to shut the fuck up. You know, mm -hmm. like when the ego gets all like, you need more, more, more. We're in a fucking Western society <laughs> where we just overconsume. Yeah. yeah. So you're 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 grateful for your opportunities. I try to make sure I don't like fuck up. I like my <laughs> ego gets in the way. Like it's a complex fucking duel. Like I'm battling it sometimes. I'm not perfect. That's why I'm not gonna agree with that because sometimes I'm like, oh. Stuck in my Pisces sensitive ways, but then I'm like, no, 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 no. Life is good. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of people. I think it's just human nature. People just focus on what well, we don't, what have. They don't have. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's right? crazy though how it can really fuck with your mind. Yeah, totally. But you got to be mindful and give yourself a pat on the back every now and again, just to kind of give you that boost to go. Yeah, exactly. Did you um? So n- then you did the Sean Paul episode, which launched today. Yeah, by far my favorite shoot so far. We Is still it have a couple Sean more. Paul and who's his artist? What's his artist? Ching Ching. Ching Ching. I don't know his music. Do you? I don't. I gotta look he up. just dropped an album. Okay, I know. I seen them all over New York today promoting. Oh, you like yeah. actually them walking around? No, like I, oh, I, I, I looked like I I was just looking on Graham. They were at Hot ninety seven today. Oh and yeah, stuff like that. So like, I guess they're in town like working on, on yeah, this I artist. Yeah, Ching. Cha Ching Ching. Okay, Cha Ching Ching. And we then yeah, mess with him. yeah, that's his new artist, Sean Paul. He like I forgot that he's still making hits. Like that cheap thrill song by Sia. Oh, Sia. Yeah, like I fire. forgot that he was on it, and I was like, uh, wait, rock like, with it, girl. yeah, rock with it, girl. yeah. No, he's got records. <laughs> he got volcano. He did stays on the records. Like he's featuring. Yeah. Yeah. International star. He's so great, and he's yeah. so kind. When I before we went on camera, like he saw my I Heart Fu shirt, and he's like, I love Fu, and we just bonded over Fu. <laughs> like you would never think. So so let me ask you something from an artist's perspective, because I've seen some artists do it, and I've seen some not. You're sitting here with a multi-platinum Grammy award-winning artist eating curry. Mm-hmm. Does it kick into you at some point to be like, yo, let me just slide on my music or let me give him my like SoundCloud link or let me like play a record and maybe maybe Sean Paul will collaborate with me or something. Uh, did that ever cross your mind or are you not there yet? Oh, no. They... G- I'm always trying to weasel my way into <laughs> things, right? So you got to hustle, right? It crosses my mind, but I check the situation and I, I weigh the parts and I weigh like, is this beneficial or is this going to hurt the situation? I love that. That's so it's, it's like, you gotta just assess. You can't be like the same plan every time. It doesn't work like that. People work differently. But for me, I think what makes me so, I don't know. I just feel like this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine and it's going to glow the world up because I'm not afraid to like, miss an opportunity of showing some of my music because I'm just so confident that one day it will happen for me. I'm just taking this separate journey. And a co-sign for me, I want a co-sign that's really going to push my career. And I feel like I don't think everyone has those intentions or even will provide that. Some people feel like they can't share and you don't know what kind of people they are. I think leaving a good impression on somebody, but acknowledging that I too am an artist you know, like I'm not going to shy away from right. saying that, but I feel like leaving a good impression on somebody is more important than just shoving something down. No one likes to be sold anything. Like I you like go into that. the store and you're like, hi, can I help you? Can I search you a fitting room? You're mm. like, oh, get me away from you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but a gradual, like just an organic thing is so important. And I think that's what makes studio vibing like really when you're about to make a song with someone you don't know, like you really need to organically vibe with them. And I feel like trying to put someone on my music right away unless they ask me like i feel like i don't need to do that right we have this saying hunger over thirst we use it all the time yeah stay hungry don't be thirsty and like if your music's good if the product is good it will sell and it will be seen for how great it is you don't need to like make it look better so when you um when you left the 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 dinner or the lunch with sean paul and cha-ching ching Mm mm-hmm did you be like, yo, here's my gram. Can you at me when, when you post this? No. <laughs> but Cha-Ching Ching asked me for my thing because he tagged me in something that I said. So he 
organically tagged you in the post without in the post asking well I, I was like download it and he wanted me to do the like the promo fit <laughs> but like sean paul didn't ask me so <laughs> whatever <laughs> but like that's maybe okay maybe a retweet the though you is, never know one yeah. day wherever i am somehow sean paul would be like yo i ate curry with you and i'd be like yeah what's up and then he'd be like oh what you doing yeah. now, girl? <laughs> like, should we make a track? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, if you listen to this, my man, horsepower is beasting right now. <laughs> he knows. He knows who I am, and I think it's. I a, love that. He knows who I am. That's yeah, dope. like we shared a meal together. That's big. Yeah, like I. So before I started doing this rap thing, and I had just started the Crimes and Treason show, I would go hustle interviews out with artists and. I sat down with just Blaze and like we had dinner at a really fancy hotel and then like went to the show and then he ended up like buying me McDonald's after and he was like, I feel like I gained a sister. Like it was the most brotherly loving thing. And then later, like on Twitter, he doesn't even follow me, but like he said, happy birthday because he saw people were saying happy birthday to me. I don't know. It's weird. But I was like, damn, he remembered that that was me. And like somehow he landed on my Twitter. And like, that's just Blaze. He's iconic. And I was like, I can't believe I shared a meal with him. But he'll always remember me as that like little sister he gained in Victoria who he like felt like he wanted to get her chicken nuggets because she was hungry. Like <laughs> that was such a podgy thing. Are you podgy? Yeah. You know, no, like that's that's, it's, it's, that's that's the way the game works. So, so it's like I don't need you plant the seed and they will all grow. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. With bars again. Bars. Super bars. Consistent. Nature girl. So you're out here doing your music. You did your curry shop thing. You're continuing to do your curry shop thing. What is in store? What is in store? What do we have in store? Do we have plans? Is there yeah. a game plan? Is there an agenda? Can we expect anything from you as an artist, as a yeah. creative, something in the pipeline that you're allowed to talk about that you didn't sign an NDA for, something <laughs> like that? Yeah. Um, so new music. There's a couple projects. There's like... I'm bringing back the joke rap aspect to me because there was a moment where I was like, why am I, I need to find a balance of it all. But there's a particular project that I'm working on with a, a friend of mine who also makes music. And I don't know if you're familiar with them, but we'll talk off screen about that. But uh, we're dropping a project together and it's a lot of like character based joke rap. I don't know how else to say it, but it's very theatrical. And then to keep on the theater vibe, I'm actually writing a one-woman show right now. Um, and I'm super excited to have it, you know, be launched. But it's in the process of the script writing. But because it's a personal project, I'm totally comfortable with explaining that. Mm -hmm. And uh, just new music on the way and the continuation of Curry Shop. And I'm just going to keep practicing DJing so I could be DJ Power. <laughs> you catch around New York, spinning Japanese disco. You do spin, right? At piano, yeah. do you have a spot? Did you well, know about I that? I did. And, and in fact, we were chilling the other night, and uh, on, in, on the way to the, the club in the Uber, she hooked up her phone <laughs> and was and was playing some tunes. And I'm like, yo, your playlist. Was the fire? It was fire. What was I playing? You were playing some ludicrous joints. Like, okay. You were you were hitting every like. I was hitting some I was random shit. There was. And you were telling me you were practicing too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was telling you that there was like a. I think I played a Bollywood song. You're like, this intro is so long. <laughs> That's what I remember. Yeah. But it, yeah, I love. Hindi Bollywood music and so I would became obsessed with playing that and the 90s stuff because I'm obsessed with Anu Malik even though he's mad corny but then I just discovered Japanese disco so now I've been trying to integrate like a really cool Asian disco set I'm sure there's a crowd that loves Japanese disco in Bollywood in New York 
Oh, dude, we can make that crowd. Yeah, I will create yeah, I it. I love that. I know. You got to have that. They foresight. don't know about it because they're not offered it. So I will make it a space for that. But one woman show, I'm super fucking stoked about it. Because so what's the one woman show about? The, what I'll give you a brief thing is it's about menstruation, vagina, but it's not the vagina monologues. Okay. Respect. So y- where where do you ever hear a fucking but jumpy woman talk about her pussy? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my god! I had to say the double P. You know? like, I could have said the P, but I had to say the P. But no, you don't see that ever. Right. And you know what? It's so funny because this question always boggles my mind. We come from the land where the Kama Sutra was created, mm-hmm. and then there was a shift in the world of India and sex, and now sexual suppression is so like relevant in India to the point where fucked up shit happens, like women getting raped or you know, just like sexual harassment and just you don't feel comfortable even like, I don't know, I remember being in Jalanda, I wasn't even comfortable wearing capris. Like, it's just, why is there that gap? Like, we are the people who created Kama Sutra and now we are like hushing on this topic right. that, you know, it's not an, everyone does it, you know, it's how we are created. But that whole concept of why is there this sexual suppression? Why are we these people who created the Kama Sutra? Where is that shift? And then I bring it back to now 2018, Jocelyn, Punjabi, loud, proud, and brown, and ain't afraid to talk about her pussy. And like that is the, this is the square Respect. of the story. That's so true. I, I mean, wow, I, I, would, I would pay to see that. Definitely. And I don't even think about it, but even like we're the second most populated country in the world, too. So you know people it's are fucking. Just, no, <laughs> but it's just like so crazy how there's so much sexual suppression in India yeah. that leads so much creepiness that is evoked from that. 100%. And it's like, I don't, that's one reason why I don't like going to India, you know? Right. And that's an issue. There's so many, you know, that even just like sexism in general. But, you know, back in the day, they were freaks and yeah. they were freaking. And it was like, chill. But not quite, I think, like in the sense of, you know, blazing, feminism. But yeah, I'm just like, okay, that too. confusion. But also just, you know, I think it's so crazy. Like, my mom would be so upset if I was just... She doesn't know about I'm writing this play. She'll well, find she out does. if she... Yeah, because she'll watch this. Does your mom listen to the Butter Chicken Podcast? She watches anything that I am in. So, <laughs> my name's on it. She's watching the views. If they get more views. <laughs> These people are leaving pretty mean comments. <laughs> but don't worry. You're better than that. And I'm like, oh, oh thanks. She's posting it on her, like, WhatsApp story. I'm like, how do you do that? I don't even know how to post I on a... I know you could have a WhatsApp you story. You can have a WhatsApp That's story. Great. That's because I think they were bought by Facebook, Instagram, right? Like they I don't know, but yeah, WhatsApp all, things go viral. Yeah. Yeah. WhatsApp Aunties and WhatsApp is... Oh, like, like the WhatsApp game is strong. Yeah. A uh, couple of last questions. Um, what do you feel is the power of social media with you telling your story to the world? I think social media... Is it's great in in moderation. I think uh, I like the window that I've created for people to get a lens into my life. I think I'm very authentic online. Like I don't play this whole game of, you know, a lot of you tend to see people like acting up and creating a whole facade for themselves. But I feel like I'm really that person. And people even told me like I need to work on my branding. And I was like, what's my brand? And they're like, well, you're like, you know, with your family a lot. And I'm like, that's because I'm with my family a lot. And, you know, that's who I am. And I think as long as I challenge this weird fucked up world of social media and like what they think is cool and what isn't cool. And I continue to push myself forward through that lens and not be afraid to be myself and be vulnerable and be brave. Then social media is great. 
But once you fall into that pit where it will take you away to far from who you are, then it becomes a problem. It's just got to make yourself like just screw those nuts and Absolutely. lose no, your brain. <laughs> we had we had the homie Heems on, on the show a couple months ago, and he, he said something that was pretty insightful that stuck with me is, is that people are so hyper focused now on taking a picture of this moment and putting it on their social media rather than absorbing that moment and enjoying that moment, living in that moment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's why he's, he told me that he's like just very selective on what he wants to put up and whatnot because he'd just rather be there and live it than show everybody else about it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, that stuck with me. And I, I think I've been, that's been uh, something that just, I, I, I live by nowadays with social media too, so. Yeah. Yeah, I stay true. That. That's that's the message. Stay true to who you are. It's I like think. if that seems like something you do, then do it and yeah, show exactly. it off. You but gotta, if you're you not do doing what it, works for you. Yeah. yeah. You got to do what works for you. Um, question on the youth, the kids younger than you, the mm -hmm. people that look at you, and I'm sure like people have come up to you. I know they come up to us all the time and are like, "Yo, you're doing dope shit." Like we're inspired by you. Do you do you get that from 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 youngsters? I get that a lot. A lot of what type Punjabi, of people come up to you? A lot of Indian girls from India, which surprised me because I feel like, although I am from like my parents are from India, raised in Canada, born in Canada, I think there's such a different world from the life I live as a North American privileged suburban Desi girl to the ones in India. But the fact that I can relate to them, I never thought I'd be in tuned with the motherland like that especially because out of everyone in my family i speak the worst punjabi mm -hmm. you know and i thought like i was the most maybe whitewashed out of my siblings but now i'm connected to india in a way that i just never thought could happen and that's the beauty of social media because i get to express myself through that lens right and then i just even have like my actual nieces come up to me and are like horsepower horsepower <laughs> and, I, and they get like so excited they're like we wrote a song Aww. like my i remember when she was maybe six or seven she wrote a rap song and like sang it to me it was about summertime and i was like the fact that you are this young i was 12 when i started writing and right. look how great i've become in the sense of expressing myself and feeling confident right I'm like now she's this young like it's even further and more helpful for them so like from the close scale of my family the young kids are like so stoked on it and then I think in the greater scale of like the world, just seeing that juxtaposition of being in Canada and then like comparing it to like the Indian girl in India that I don't know the life she lives and it's probably so different, but we're relating. That's so cool that I can resonate with that. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. What are some words of advice you could give to the youth? We have to hear your perspective on that for the kids oh that, Lord, I have just the kids so that want to do what they want to do. Give me like one strong piece of advice, like the strongest thing you could tell the 16-year-old girl, the 15-year-old boy, the 12-year-old kid. Okay, the young, I got, the young I got people something kind listening. of. Okay, this could be taken in two ways, but I'll explain the way that it shall be taken. And it's just like, just give a shit. In the sense of, don't give a shit about what people think of you, but give a shit about stuff that you care about, that you're passionate about. Create that. Because there's a lot of people who think that not giving a shit about things that they care about is cool. But that's not. You need to create the passion that you want. The passion isn't going to find you. Mm. So if you want to do something that's out of like the box or, you know, finding that creative side or just living your true self, you have to give a shit about the things that spark interest in you. Because if you don't hone that style and, you know, shape it to whatever you want it to be, it will never exist for you. So I just I remember going into high school and I had friends who wanted to skip class and, you know, go smoke pot 
And I'm not a, like, I wasn't against that, but it was like, I gave a shit about my classes because I cared about what we were learning about. I cared about the, the world. I cared about that there was like sweatshops in other countries and kids like me had to be chained to walls to make things. Like, I don't know. I just, at a young age, started caring about the universe, about people, having empathy and kindness for people around you and wanting to help. Because if you're on this planet and you're just living for yourself, there is never going to be a sense of community. But the beauty about things is like helping others because it just creates such a like such synergy that we don't even know as humans. This race, we're so separate that it's just like give a shit, give a shit about the person next to you, you know, have empathy and kindness and just like care. I don't know. I think people think caring is so lame, but it's mm. not. And I think that's what I would say to the youth is just give a shit to it with intent if you will yeah with intent like just care about what you're doing care about the life you live i love it we're Super sitting boss. here with horsepower jesseline bawar that's my name what's <laughs> up thank you so much butter chicken for tuning in our loyal fan base we are the butter chicken boys and now we might have a dj trio yeah, you we just might. just got to get nice because you got to battle us now. <laughs> oh, no, but I'm going to be battling with my Japanese stuff. It'll be <laughs> yeah. like something we've never good. heard. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. So this is your boy, DJ Sherrod. And DJ Juicy. We are the Butter Chicken Boys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Juicy, where can they find us, my friend? Go to the hub on Instagram, at Butter Chicken Podcast. It'll take you everywhere else. We're on every podcasting platform, um, including hub hopper in india as well hub hopper including spotify as well Wait, what is hub hopper my friend hub hopper is the largest pl- uh, podcasting platform in india and they're blue checked and they're blue checked <laughs> certified mm-hmm. verified um and as you mentioned earlier we're on spotify now i like too. the fact that we're on spotify now i really do that's super lit i feel like it makes us a little more legit <laughs> we're on spotify we're on apple Podcasts. we're on soundcloud uh you could just google butter chicken podcast and you will find us ladies and gentlemen and one thing I want to point out is there's a lot of people that are doing impactful things in culture and society that we don't know. We want to get to know you. Um, we constantly are recording or constantly learning about other people. So if you know somebody that you think we should tell their story, hit us up at Butter Chicken Podcast. You could DM us. Do you answer the DMs, Juicy? I, I don't. Uh, our, <laughs> our producer does. Okay. But uh, definitely hit us on, on DM and we'll definitely get back to you. Hit us, on the, hit us yeah. on the email, butterchickenpodcast at gmail.com. And just get at us. My personal IG, at DJ Sherrod. What is yours, sir? I'm at DJ Juicy, J-U-I-C-Y. And Justine, what is your social media? Where can they find you, my friend? You can find me on every platform under Horsepower, H-O-R-S-E-P-O-W-A-R. Like war. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. (laughs) (laughs) We out. We see you next week, Butter Chicken Podcast. Until next time. Peace. Peace.